Scribble notes, uh, scribble notes when I wrote these quotes If I offend, pardon me, there's more of me to grow Creative in my process, enjoy the show The will is different when you recognize the different strokes Different folks, same goals, we all want the most So when we reach the top, we can enjoy the toast The type of bread we get is fresh about the bakery Told them don't play with me, with or without a degree Don't question my intensity, bravery Similar to agencies that want to see you fold So just pray for me, and pray for me Einstein with my energy Welcome to the Scribble Notes podcast. How how are you doing today? Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, yes. First time on the podcast. So why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners? Okay, I'll do my best. Um, my <laughs> name is Alwyn Cole. Uh, I'm a fantasy author. I live just outside of London in England. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of working on a work in progress at the moment. It's been something I've been working on for many, many years now, um, probably at least 10 years. But um, I guess only writing more seriously in the past kind of two or three. Um, but yeah, I'm finally close to finishing that novel. So trying to embrace the title of author the best I can. Um, yeah, so hoping hoping to share that work in progress with the world soon. Yeah, so what's, uh, first, first before I was gonna, I was just gonna jump in, like, what's it about? Tell me more. Uh, what, what got you started um, with writing? How, how did this journey begin for you? What's your origin story? Sure, sure. You, you cut out a little bit there, but I heard, um, where did I get started, basically? Um, I, I guess um, it's the thing that everyone always says is, you know, that they've been a reader all their life or been writing all their life. And um, I would feel a bit of a fraud to say I'm one of those people, to be honest, I guess. Um, I, I did read books as a kid, but I wasn't sort of um, a huge reader. I read books now, but I find that, you know, I struggled to make the time um, to actually read sort of voraciously. And um, say that <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge reader would be um, exaggerating. Um, so I guess actually... Uh, a lot of my inspiration comes from other media as well as books and so even tv and video games films you know I guess I'm a fan of all sorts of stories really um, mm. and I'm, I'm just thinking back to when I was uh, a child I wouldn't so much write books and um, I did I did try to write a few books but um, a lot of the time I was also kind of drawing comics or um, just kind of yeah drawing and uh scribbling over things and kind of it was like a story unfolding in a drawing kind of thing and um, so that's kind of when I very first remember actually creating stories and then I guess um obviously there are projects that the teachers give you to to write your own stories and um, and I think that probably solidified sort of hang on you can kind of write your own um story and and, and bring those kind of images that are in your head to life through words and um, so yeah I guess I guess that's where where I've come from I'm sure there are many other people out there who who um start from that place of of uh, wanting to be a writer because they've got um, a story to tell rather than necessarily being thinking that they're great wordsmiths or anything like that yeah I think that's the that's what I've re recognized especially is that a lot of people are definitely in the same boat um like no, I don't think I don't think most people think that they're going to be authors when they first like start writing when they're young. 
Um, I think it just comes to you later when you realize you have a story that um, that you want to tell and something that you can really write out. And once you start learning that maybe I am decent or half good at this whole writing thing, uh, I think then it's then it becomes reality. Um, so I was going to I was going to ask you. Um, so what inspired your current story, the story you're working on? Good question. Lots of things, I guess. Um, I, I guess my approach to, to this story, it, um, it, it's kind of been with me for so many years and, and has been the story I keep coming back to. Um, I, I guess kind of linking back to what we just said, I, I feel like... Um, I feel like in as I've grown older, I've realized I, I, I want to put the time and effort in order to achieve this um, goal and, and becoming an author and becoming a writer, even if maybe, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't have the skills to do that. Um, but, but yeah, this is the kind of story where I feel like it's been worthwhile doing that for some reason. Um, uh, so there's an element of, of it's just, I'm not even sure where the the origins of it were at this point um, but beyond that um, I take a lot of inspiration actually and especially in the early stages um, a few years ago when I was kind of taking this more seriously um, I took a lot of inspiration from Slavic mythology and so I spend a lot of time trawling Wikipedia and, and I find that Slavic mythology is one where heard of and people don't talk about it and it obviously all these different mythologies have comparable uh, themes and creatures and things like that and um, but yeah it's a really interesting one um uh so so there is there is uh, a lot of inspiration from from kind of reading through those wikipedia pages really and um, but then what i like to do is kind of blend different ideas together and and um uh kind of i guess uh create my own world and, and mythology based on some of that stuff with little nods and references to to things um here and there i guess if if, uh, if you keep an eye out for them yeah, yeah. i think that, that's awesome that's that's a, such an awesome concept like taking uh taking from somewhere that's a little bit more obscure than mainstream uh mythology Thanks. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess it comes from um, uh, in recent years, I've realized that sort of nothing is original. I try and create original an original world and original characters. And I guess I've realized that even when I try and do that, I might suddenly realize, hang on, this is very similar to this thing from this other thing, like or, or is taking an element from that. So I guess everything I think you create as a writer comes from what you've absorbed as a reader or as someone watching television or reading history you know it, mm. I feel like all of that inevitably goes into your subconscious and comes out in your writing and so yeah that uh, um to an extent I, I feel like it is good to embrace that and realize you're not going to just have a random original idea or, or if you do it's probably come from somewhere <laughs> from, from reading other things yeah I, I also agree I think all thoughts are influenced by something um you had mentioned earlier like film and tv and movies and also video games like those things are all super influential on my writing too like i i've had some amazing stories and amazing experiences through writing um through writing things that i've 
like really got myself attached to. So like, for instance, I love Dragon Age Origins. It was a video game. Love it. Love the role playing game. Uh, I thought I had one of the most amazing stories when I got to the end. And part of the way I kind of write now is that action adventure style. Like I want to see my characters traverse the land. Like I want them to go across the map. Like that's just important to me. I want them to move along places. So, and I get a lot of that from playing RPGs, um, watching movies and TV. Like I loved Game of Thrones. So like watching that story be told to multiple characters, it was just something I wanted to do through my own writing. Um, I think it's like, you're always going to be influenced because especially if you're taking in good media, it is just your interpretation and how you can use those different concepts to kind of create your own story. And the way you layer it is different than how someone else layered that same concept or plot or storyline. And that's where it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'm very much the same. And and I guess also one idea can kind of spark into a slightly different idea or a slightly mm. different take on a theme and things like that. And the, the other thing that, that you've just reminded me of, speaking of Dragon Age and uh, TV film, is soundtracks as well. I listen to a lot of soundtracks, including the Dragon Age uh, soundtrack. So um, I find that, excuse me, <clears throat> I find that um, music actually is, is a big inspiration as well. Um, and that's something that when I listen to music, I feel like I think about my book and I and it gives me ideas in terms of how the how dramatic the music is it kind of conjures in my mind sort of dramatic scenes from the novel I don't know if you find that but oh um, yeah but yeah music uh, d- definitely plays a role in in a way that where I, I, I can't completely put my finger on what it's gonna what it's gonna give me if, if that makes sense but but it, it does seem to conjure images in my mind yeah it's because I, I always think of it as like I'm scoring my book you know like mm-hmm. As I'm writing, especially in the intense scenes, like I have a couple of songs that are just for intense scenes and I'll play them three or four times in a row just because I'm like, this is the this is like the crescendo of the book. Like when I'm at a battle scene, I have some like Game of Thrones music that I actually play and it's like the specific music or if there's like a very a conversation that's getting more tense, I'll play a song that kind of increases and increases until it hits this point. Um, just because if that's the scene I'm writing, then I kind of want something behind it. And it's almost, um, it's, it's like funny because you almost forget like music plays such an integral role to all of the medias that we take in, Mm -hmm. but we almost forget it's in the background, but it plays such a big and important role. Even the absence of music, absence of sound is so noticeable in a film, um, in those really tense moments, uh, so, so I definitely agree. Like I, I play soundtracks. I'm a big writer with music. Um, I have to sit down for a while and just like go through and write scenes, um, with a little bit of music in the background. It helps me out a lot. Yeah, definitely. And, and I agree that music plays such a big role in, in other genres, I guess, beyond, beyond books and, you know, TV in particular, I, sometimes I think would Game of Thrones have been the same without the music and I'm not sure it would have I think the music does play such a huge role the different themes of different characters and and yeah it, I think it might it gives so much to the to the feeling of, of watching Game of Thrones obviously the books are great too but <laughs> <laughs> even um, you even you just saying that really quickly just made me think about like shows like The Bachelor and Bachelorette and like these love shows 
they have music that scores behind so many of the most like impactful scenes even their trailers are like lined with this super happy like loving music imagine those same sequences with a different music it would just <laughs> suddenly change the entire uh the entire tone of everything mm-hmm. yeah and actually someone told me about a documentary about reality music sorry reality tv shows and the scoring behind them and this is very off topic but yeah i i can't remember what exactly they said i'll, I'll have to see if i can find it but um basically it, it talked about that it's the psychological trick that they play on you you know by having those audio cues in the reality tv show to be like whoa this is a dramatic moment you know even though it's just a shot of someone's face and you know they've edited it very cleverly to seem like a lot of drama is happening when actually if you were there it might not have been quite as uh shocking as <laughs> <laughs> I, I I completely agree. So I'm a I'm a huge reality TV person. Um, even though like because it's it's as scripted as any other media, um, the storylines that they decide to show and how they edit everything. So I love to watch. Um, one of my favorite things is like the the dumb person edit, like the person that's the stupid person. They get the music that's the stupid person music when they say things or do things. Uh, I love like that edit because you can see it it's clear and it happens so often in reality tv where you know like oh this person's either not getting their point through or no one likes them or they're doing something really foolish and you can just tell and I think that's just one of those things with storytelling as a whole that is that's really interesting and I think as authors you kind of and writers you kind of pick up on it even more than everyone else because it becomes such a big piece of like how we intake media. Um, I feel like I don't intake media the same way anymore. I'm almost analyzing the storytelling and the pacing and the, the style. I still enjoy it, but I'm looking for things that I, that I just don't think I was looking for before I started really getting into writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can understand that. There's something about being... Uh being a writer where you become more aware of the the tricks and the the magic and even down to things like plotting I guess um you know once you realize that a lot of stories follow a very similar plot structure or you know slight variations here and there you know there's always the darkest moments and that sort of thing <laughs> you can't you can't watch a film ever again without rolling your eyes <laughs> yeah because yeah, you see it coming you see like oh here we go this person is uh whatever um so before we go for, too far off into everyone else's <laughs> stuff, let's talk a little bit about your story and what you're writing. Um, you want to give a little bit about the premise, um, some about how how far you are in it, um, a little bit just about the story. Sure, sure. So yeah, I have um, I haven't really spoken much about my story or put much on social media in, in great detail, so I'm I'm not very familiar with kind of actually having to explain it. It's something that's quite new to me and a question that I dread because. Um, yeah I'm not sure even myself I've got fully pinned down you know what's the what's the best way to to market this book I guess and sort of say you know what is it in a a few lines Um, but yeah I'm currently uh, editing my I'm calling it my second draft but as as I've mentioned I've been working on this for years so it's my second sort of real serious draft and so yeah I'm I'm kind of towards the end of, of doing a first pass through of edits um, but yeah, if I, if I had to sort of explain it, I'll, I'll try my best here, bear with me. Um, it is a fantasy novel, but when I say fantasy, I'm not talking about elves or dwarves or bows and arrows and all that sort of uh, 
stereotypical kind of thing with high fantasy and but it is set in a, in a different kind of fantasy world that's different to our own called Carnos and um, and there are places uh with kind of modern elements as well basically which is why I think I struggle to define it because it's kind of a high fantasy setting because it's so different but actually it also is trying to incorporate modern technology and things like cars you know electricity have all existed um in this world and so there's two kind of main characters and uh, a multitude of characters like you say and i'm a big fan of the game of thrones style different perspectives and but yeah two, two main ones really one is a girl named erin and and basically her uncle is taken captive by this organization uh, and this organization basically uh runs the the country in a way uh, kind of pulls the strings and uh, behind everything in kind of uh, somewhat corrupt ways and and um, at the same time Erin finds a mystical sword which again is very difficult to, to, to explain unless you read the book <laughs> but it kind of has mystical properties and and, and that was uh, something that her uncle was hiding from this organization and so basically she finds herself on the run at the same time trying to keep this sword from evil hands and at the same time trying to figure out a way how can she save her uncle on the flip side uh, another character's perspective is based not in the mortal world it is based in this city between worlds and um, and basically this race of people called the axians were trusted long ago by the gods to um guide mortal creations and uh, there's this girl called Zenitra. She lives as a kind of outcast on the edge of the city. Um, and she's kind of, you know, begging and stealing to get by until one day um, a master at the uh, prestigious academy in this city um, kind of takes her under his wing. But what follows are some quite dramatic and world shaking events, which kind of change the course of everything. So <laughs> that's the kind of but those are the kind of main main characters and, and, and who the book kind of follows and so yeah I appreciate it's kind of long-winded explanation I really need to narrow down like what is this book in one line um, <laughs> no I love that I love that I love that whole description it makes me so much more interested in just seeing more about the story um, and seeking more so I think you did a good job <laughs> I should mention as well the book's called When Gods Slumber I forgot that mm. and so also yeah you can read from that title hopefully there's there's uh, uh elements of of uh figuring out you know what's going on with with, with the gods and, and all that sort of thing and like i said that that city between the worlds yeah that that's an awesome premise i actually enjoy that a lot just for myself i'm huge i'm a huge fantasy lover I love anything with the gods it related. I feel like that just makes this story so much more fun. Um, my story also has gods involved uh, in there. They're just a major piece of the narrative plot, how everything goes. Because if you have gods in your story, you know, so much of the world revolves around them. Uh, so much of what people do. I think I think for, for me, um, just to touch on something you actually said, like just being able to pitch your book, right? like in a single sentence, I've always found that so hard. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm, I finished my second book and I still can't necessarily nail down how to describe it in one sentence. Um, the first book I'm a little bit better with, 
But my second one, I'm just like, there is so many things that happen. There's so much that goes on that it's really hard. And it follows four different characters. So it's really hard to just say, this is what the story is about. Um, I, I think ultimately I ended up landing on something about um, uh, secrets can be fatal. And that, like is, that is what this story is about. It's just how fatal secrets can be. Um, and I, the real tagline is like, when you gamble with secrets, costs are fatal. Um, and that's what I landed on. And I think it does an adequate job at describing what the story is, but it also doesn't necessarily cover every piece that I'm kind of exploring mm-hmm. in the narrative. But I don't think you can in one sentence. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, why we write true. books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could still go read the book. <laughs> um, is your book a fantasy as well then? Yes. Um, yes. It's yeah. dark fantasy um, because I like to just make everything worse that's how i feel like dark fantasy all is just making stories worse whatever was bad can just get extra bad Um, i I wonder if it's a particular challenge for fantasy because even as i was kind of reading my notes here trying to describe my novel and i'm like well you kind of need to understand this particular thing in the lore and that's sort of like what this term means which is very difficult to explain in a short amount of time whereas over the the course of the novel obviously you can see that in there and people come to understand the terms and magic systems and all that sort of thing and um, so yeah me talking about a magical sword wasn't very and also I don't like using the term magic as well I, mm. I don't like um, things that are, are, are simple magic I, I don't know I, I kind of I kind of uh, want the magic to feel more embedded in the world than that if that makes sense <laughs> yeah I have a I, I don't reference magic at all or I don't yeah I don't reference magic in my story um as a piece of what the narrative is because I don't believe I think magic is all yeah like, like you said it's simple it's a simple term that covers a lot so it's like it's a magic system for me it's more um this is a piece of the world this is an element of the world that you have to learn you have to learn the world to understand this element and I'm also very much a soft magic person. So in general, I don't like to describe too much about how this all happened, but I am dabbling with the idea of creating a, a more hard magic system that's more overtly magic in a future book, just because I want to, I don't know, I want to see what all the hype's about. Like Harry Potter has real just magic and I want to see what, the, <laughs> what it would be like to just write magic. Um, I'm like, uh, I've, I've definitely, I've definitely experienced a lot. Like, I think that it's much easier to your point for other authors and or other genres to just describe their story in one sentence, describe their book. If you're writing nonfiction, it's so much easier to say, this is a story of my life. This is a story of Michelle Obama. Um, this is, uh, this is a children's story about a dog and its owner and the relationship between the two right you can like describe those so much more simply where you can't necessarily do that with fantasy i think sci-fi also has a hard time but sci-fi can also just lean on one concept that it might explore um where fantasy it's a little bit more difficult to just say this is the one concept i'm exploring in this two three four hundred page story with 
all this world building and all of these concepts and gods and heroes and it's like you're not gonna necessarily be able to do the same thing yeah i agree and and also the massive themes that often fantasy will deal, deal with or you know there's some cliches around you know the world will end type um, <laughs> events that happen if you don't uh, if the hero doesn't achieve what they need to achieve and, and if you put that on the front of the book I think it you know for me I uh, I'm like I'll I roll and um, mm-hmm. just another one of those stereotypical fantasies even though um you know it could be very unique so yeah you don't want to kind of give that impression either of being of being um sort of stereotypical or, or the same as what everyone's read before we interrupt this episode to talk a little bit about Sun Scholars. Sun Scholars is a nonprofit committed to improving educational equity and college graduation rates for those students who have experienced foster care or adoption. Sun Scholars Inc. is dedicated to serving Connecticut's former foster youth with a student first mentality. Their goal is to support individuals and help them reach their best outcomes. If you'd like to learn more about Sun Scholars, or how to donate, check out their website, sunscholarsinc.org. That's sunscholarsinc.org. Now, back to the show. One of the, uh, so one of the best ones that I've heard, um, it wasn't a one-liner because it just, it's, it's fantasy, it just couldn't be. But Brandon Sanderson, his uh, his pitch on Elantris. So like Elantris was one of his first books he released. And on the back of book blurb is this, it's just phenomenal. It's an explanation of Elantris and what it is. And the last line of it got me hooked. I bought the book. He like describes Elantris and the people of Elantris as like golden skinned or silver skinned um, with the, with these amazing godly powers and magic and all the things that they did, the advanced technology and how that war, how their city was looked at as the epicenter of everything. Um, and he said for years and decades, they passed down this magic to everyone and everyone looked to Elantris. And he said they were basically gods among people and they were meant to, and they would live forever. And then he said forever ended 10 years ago. And it was like, <laughs> what? I gotta, I gotta read this. Nice. And it just like started off forever ended 10 years ago. And it's basically the prologue to his book. And it just sold it. It sold the idea because from there, I wanted to know what happened to Elantris. And the entire time you're reading the book, the only thing you're asking is what happened to Elantris? The character is trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out. And there's a whole other narrative that goes on. But he carries the entire story based off of that like one premise. What happened to Elantris? Nice. Yeah, I love that. That's another thing I've picked up recently as well is the importance of subverting expectations <laughs> and it sounds like that's exactly what you did with that tagline it's like yep. building you up and then suddenly there's this surprise and you're like well yeah I thought I was gonna read about Elantris and I was like no we're not gonna read the, like this story is just set in Elantris it was just so interesting <laughs> um so where can people connect with you online where can they uh find you uh where can they connect with you and um, so I'm on Instagram. I've recently got Twitter as well. And um, so, yeah, I've also got a website. The best place is to find me on Instagram. Probably I'm most active on there at um, Alwyn Cole author. And that's Alwyn spelled A, sorry, I can't misspell my own name. <laughs> A-L-W-Y-N and Cole, C-O-L-E. And so, yeah, if you're listening, 
obviously, uh, yeah, you, you might not um, know how that's spelled. Um, but yeah, my website is just alwincole.com. And on Twitter, I'm just alwincole as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so as someone that's, that's, that's writing, about to publish pretty soon at some point, right? You're, gonna, you're entering that editing process now. Um, what, what kind of advice do you give someone that's also starting out? Um, I remember when I was a, when I was debuting and I was like first writing, there was so much that I felt overwhelmed by. Um, what kind of advice do you give someone that's just starting? Oh, great question. Um, there's lots of advice out there. I guess there's lots of advice I could give. Um, you know, lots of things I've learned. I, I think one of the best things, to be honest, is to listen to podcasts like this and listen to writing podcasts because you hear so much advice and you absorb it. So keep doing that. Um, for me, what really I think was important was sort of having so many ideas, but realizing, like kind of figuring out what's the one story I want to focus on and really committing to that because as I think all writers say, um, you know, it's the consistency that's key and it will take a long, long not only finish your first draft, but then to revise it, re rewrite it, edit it, etc. Um, and it will probably take longer than you think. Hopefully not as long as me, <laughs> you know, 10 years down the line. But um, yeah, you know, it, it is a whole process and a whole journey and uh, yeah consistency is, is the main thing if you can find that sort of rhythm and you will eventually you know get there even if you write 200 words a day or, or 500 words a week you know and just find find how you can kind of fit that consistency into your life I think I think that's really good advice honestly the just saying um find that story and stick like find that story you're gonna write and just write it uh, so often it, get, it becomes overwhelming. We have all of these amazing ideas as authors. And especially in the beginning, when you're before you really start the writing process, it just all these concepts, all these cool stories and these cool characters that we want to create and put in the world. And it can become almost like too much fun to just world build and create stories um, and then not actually write them. <laughs> because writing them actually takes the the actual like sitting down at the computer um, and actually coming up with the story and typing the words and creating writing the prose and all that we're just coming up with the concepts are super easy so I think that point that you just made is like super important especially for someone that's starting out is like get to the point where you actually find a story and you just start writing it and I think consistency is also important because finding a schedule for what you're writing is so it just beyond helpful it's like write all the time even if it's a little bit um even if it's notes like i'll take literal notes and sentences and i'll like just write it if i have a moment of inspiration eventually it ends up in the book but just doing that whenever you have the chance so that you create the behavior really helps especially as a as a debuting author because you you and I both can see like it just takes forever like you could be on a story for so long um so if you're not doing it consistently it'll take even longer or not get done at all yeah yeah I, I think one thing that helped me as well in doing that I guess I guess I knew this advice for so long about consistency what the one thing that helped me was sort of actually tracking when I do write and when I do take that time because time does escape for me you know I realize it's been months 
or 10 years and I haven't finished what I started sort of thing and so yeah I started writing and started kind of just marking off on a little kind of really uh, it was like a year on a page calendar I started crossing off the days um, that I actually wrote um, and obviously that gave me a sense of I've gone you know a month without writing or I've gone two weeks without writing so e even though I wasn't setting myself a strict schedule I found that was really helpful and just sort of um making sure I fit in the time you know I don't have to stick to a really strict plan I'm, I'm not the kind of person who who is, is good with uh sticking to plans and so uh yeah just just keeping track of it in some way I think was helpful in 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 uh helping me see um you know I need to make time for this if I actually want to get it done mm, that's that's actually really solid advice because it time does escape people like time escapes me all the time and even just the idea of like, you know, let's check off when you're writing, just if you wrote anything. So you can mm -hmm. see if you've like just done nothing for two weeks, you can make, okay, I really should write something today because I literally just haven't done anything. And then you can like check that off and like get back onto a pace and a schedule that makes sense. That was really good. Yeah. All simple. Good. Yeah. It worked for me. It might, it might not work for everyone. <laughs> good, good work for yeah. you, maybe someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. We're coming, we're coming up on the end of our time. I definitely want to say thank you for, for making some time for me, um, coming on the podcast, sharing, sharing your story, um, and then just giving some advice at the end. That was really helpful. Uh, I think my last question as we wrap up is, uh, what's next? So you're, you're in the process right now, getting ready to publish. Uh, when can we expect it? When can people expect it? Uh, what are your what are your future plans look like what is the what does 2022 look like for you mm -hmm. so as I said yeah I'm not very good for sticking to plans but <laughs> my plan is next year at some point it should be done and um, but yeah <laughs> no promises but that is the aim I said it was going to be this year and that didn't happen but I have made a lot of progress so and um, I'm not kicking myself and um, next year I think is the year um if not then almost definitely you know the, the year after but yeah I, I'm kind of um at this point feeling slightly perfectionist you know like a you know I could spend ages more on it and um, so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see but yeah next year um uh fingers crossed uh I I, I would like to say you know I can share this with the world um, at some point next year mm, that's <laughs> awesome you know, the best, I think some of the best advice I ever got was from an author and they just, they said, the story will never be exactly what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, you'll never reach that point where you'll feel like you can stop writing. Uh, but when you get satisfied with it, and you're satisfied with sharing this with other people, that's when you're ready to publish. It's like, there's just so much world building. There's so much that can be added. There's always something more or way better way to describe something. Um, but I think it was Brandon Sanderson who said, like, the author you were in that moment isn't the author that you'll be next year or the year after. Um, you'll always be improving. So it's like, appreciate that work for where you were at that time. I mm -hmm. kind of look back at my first book and I'm like, ah, I, I would have done this or I should have done this and I could have done all these other things. But I just I really do appreciate the story for what it was because it was my my first attempt at writing a book. And then my second one kind of just like blew it out of the water. So then like every, <laughs> I got a bunch of like, oh, like 
your second book is so much better. Not that your first book was bad. I got the one getting those kind of compliments, which are great compliments, but it does make you feel like, dang it, like I could have been better for the first one than everyone think everything's great. But it, it gives me the the confidence to know that like for like I'm finishing the trilogy up now. So I'm like this last book, I have confidence going into that. I can finish this story up. And then as I'm thinking about my future series and future books, it's like, if everyone believes I've grown that much from having one book published and then having the second published um, in such a short time, then imagine what will happen between the third and first series being finished and the next series. Um, so just know, it just, uh, that's the best advice I ever got. It's just never done. Just whenever you get satisfied with being able to show people that, uh, th- that story and share it with them, that's when it's ready. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I've heard that as well from authors, you know, the best selling authors in the world still say that, you know, on their last book, you know, the next one's always better. So I think that never changes. You've got to accept that as a writer, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and the worst part, the hard part is that you get better every year. So the longer you do it, the better you get, which is why it's like so easy to stick with your story because you're like, ah, oh, I could just go back and edit it and I'm a way better writer now than I was like <laughs> last year or a year before that. So like the longer I keep it, the better it will get. But then it just never comes out. <laughs> it's like George R. R. Martin. It's like he has he has so many chapters written, but he just isn't he's not comfortable putting it out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally relate to George R. R. Martin in that sense. <laughs> you are George R. R. Martin. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for for coming on. Um, this has been an episode of Scribble Notes. And y'all know what it is. Peace out. Scribble notes, uh, scribble notes when I wrote these quotes. If I offend, pardon me, there's more of me to grow. Creative in my process, enjoy the show. The will is different when you recognize the different strokes. Different folks, same goals, we all want the most. So when we reach the top, we can enjoy the toast. The type of bread we get is fresh about the bakery. Told them don't play with me. With or without a degree, don't question my intensity. Bravery, similar to agencies that want to see you fold. So just pray for me and pray for me. Yeah. I ain't starting with my energy